everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie, with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Well, Robbie, I, I, yeah, the whole idea of, an, of a relationship was ruined for me by this episode, so great, actually. Uh, Matt, I don't, you might not want to put the entire crux of your life on this season of the simpsons in particular that is definitely true okay i probably you shouldn't do that uh we are not alone however we have a guest we have nick Meanahan. nick how are you doing i'm good thanks for having me nick is the co-host producer and mastermind of my newest podcast cartoon graveyard uh which is launching basically the day you're hearing this monday Monday the 31st of August, August 31st, this Monday, same as you're listening to this, it is out. You can go check that out. Subscribe. Nick, what is Cartoon Graveyard? Well, Robbie, I'm so glad you asked. And, and really, thank you, because, you know, we didn't plan this ahead of time. So very spontaneous. Uh, but no, Cartoon Graveyard is where we take a look at old, sometimes forgotten, sometimes uh, misbegotten cartoons, uh, especially from like the 80s and 90s, back when... Every cartoon was either uh, just a glorified commercial for a toy or a series of toys or was a very ill-conceived tie-in to another movie or live-action television show or just insane because it was the 80s and 90s and people were just free to try whatever and see what stuck. So we take a look at those old cartoons and see, sort of pick them apart, see how they work, see why they were made in the first place. And if there's any redeeming value to them or whether they should just be left in their graves and reburied. That sounds like a really exciting podcast that everyone listening should go check out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So Cartoon Graveyard, guys, out on all podcast apps. Please, we encourage you. Give it a chance. Uh, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, hundreds, dozens, millions of back episodes there. You can listen to uh, reviews of a bunch of King of the Hill, Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers, the, the first four seasons of uh, of Rick and Morty. What's what new Simpsons episodes, bonus episodes, Matt? What else? We got everything on there. Everything, absolutely everything. We got it all. You'll never miss it. Got it all. Uh, this week's episode is my big fat geek wedding episode fabf12 originally aired april 18th 2004 written by kevin curran directed by mark kirkland received a 5.5 rating with 9.2 million viewers it had the exact same rating as the president who wore the president who wore pearls which did that they did a rerun of right afterwards um Another Simpsons episode. The couch gag. The family is extruded from Play-Doh. It was weak. I didn't like it. They phoned that one in. They it's, really did. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. The the apparently on repeats of syndication, they the couch is a, a slot machine. Interesting. They didn't use. I don't know why they wouldn't use the Play-Doh one. It's the uh, I don't know. Whatever. You know, I, I noticed that, too, back when I used to watch the reruns all the time. They just seemed to, like, move them around. I didn't. I don't know if they just had, like, a certain amount of couch gags they used per season, and then they just randomized them for syndication. Never made any sense. I don't know why. In normal, like, it, the, the standard, I don't know when this was established, but at a certain point, it's basically, like, the first 12-ish 12, 12 episodes get new couch gags. 
And then huh. they would do like a handful, like five or six, that would get repeats from those 12. And then the last handful of episodes, however much there were, would get, again, new couch gags. Wow, they got a whole system. And then, also in syndication, sometimes they randomize things, I think mostly because of running times. Like, I think syndication had different constraints about how many much time they had for commercials, so I believe yeah. they moved things around because sometimes the couch guys were too long, too short. Um, this episode guest stars Matt Groening, as himself, autographs. And I, I have some thoughts and feelings about Matt Groening's guest appearance on the show, but we will wait until we get there. I will air my grievances then. I'm glad you cut me off because I was just about to roll right don't, into it. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get there, Nick. <laughs> uh, before we get going into the plot, Nick, what is your relationship with The Simpsons? I know you're not a mega fan. You just have a a, a, a general knowledge of them. Well, I should say I used to be a mega fan. Okay. Um, I mean, it's an old cliched story at this point, but I'm of the generation that I'm an exennial who um, grew up on The Simpsons. I watched, I watched them on Tracy Ullman. I mean, I remember watching those on, like, I think Lifetime aired the Tracy Ullman show, and I watched them just to see the Simpsons clips and uh, the, old, the original Christmas episode, all that stuff. So, I mean, I literally was raised alongside them, and I really stayed consistently watching it um, up through kind of around this season, which I was kind of surprised about when I watched this episode. I watched this episode, and I was like, oh, wait, I did see this. I remember this. And I looked at the episode list for the season. I'm like, yeah, I remember some of these. So this is right about when I bailed. Maybe the next season is when I just didn't tune in at all anymore. But um, yeah, I was, uh, I mean, weekly. I watched the show every week. It was appointment viewing for me back when there was nothing else to do on Sundays <laughs> before school. And uh, I loved it. Yeah. I, I also, this is also the season that I fell away from the show uh, back in the day. I wonder why. Yeah, it's really hard to, I mean, it's just quality, pure quality, episode after episode. Hard to pin down a reason why you would stop watching it. Oh, wait, this episode's not actually, I'm going to say before we even get, before we actually start, I don't hate this episode. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I was looking for something in it that I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. And there's just nothing like that. There's very awkward things that we'll discuss, I'm sure, but... Yeah, it's okay. Matt, I don't, you don't, you didn't sound like you liked this at all, Matt. It was not terrible, but it just, it rubbed me the wrong way in, in several aspects. Uh, mainly the third act, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the way it always is for us. Third act just kind of falls, falls apart. Yeah, I, I'm not going to, I like, yeah, it's not, a, I, I'm not going to say this episode's even good, but from because we've had i think it's like just we've had such a low bar like this episode has like signs of life in it that i just go oh that was a thing i liked that oh yeah exactly i like that one thing oh it didn't then it did the bad thing mm, okay um episode begins with homer and marge in bed generally i like that it's a good place like there's two types of episodes in the simpsons ones that start with them in bed and start with people watching television that's the two types of episodes in the simpsons it's not true but that's what i think of um homer's whittling batteries <laughs> the absurdity of that actually did work for me it was so so stupid it circled back around to funny for me a little bit it looks nice. I'll say that too. Yeah. Like the animation is neat because it like fl the flashes of sparks as he's whittling batteries in the dark. 
Uh, we cut yeah. to we cut to the school, and that's the other thing I'll I give about this episode. It moves. It actually gets to technically what the episode's about really fast. There's no like hours of inciting incidents, which is Nick. You haven't been watching this season, but that is it's just things that lead to things that lead to things that lead to things that eventually get you to a plot. This episode's about Krabappel and Skinner and their relationship and Homer and Marge's relationship. And that's in the first act. We get all that stuff right away. Well, I know what you mean. I mean, that's kind of been a hallmark of the show. I, although I guess from I take it from what you said, it's worse now. But there was always all those episodes where it's like you have your first, I don't know, five, six minutes of the show. And it's just some completely unrelated subplot that only exists to set up what will become the main plot. And you're lucky if you even get a callback reference to it later. Um, so, yeah, I see what you're saying with this episode. It's just right into the wedding stuff. And then it, it's just it's off to the races. Yes, which positive here. I'm going to try and I'm <laughs> going to try and keep my positives in the forefront because this episode that actually has them. Um, so we go to school. Bart's playing kickball. Ball gets wrecked. Then we get to. We get a class. Krabappel and Skinner are getting married. It's announced over the loudspeakers. Finally, on a personal note, Mrs. Krabappel and I are to be joined in holy wedlock this Saturday. We'll be honeymooning at Lake Shelbyville Lodge, cabin 32, room 3, and we do not wish to be disturbed. Way to go, Mrs. K. You finally hooked the skinfish. It looks good, but I'm not going to celebrate till he's gaffed, gutted, and hanging in my trophy room. Ha! He went on and mentioned like where they were gonna be uh, during their honeymoon. Like, oh, Bart's gonna go there and screw things up. No, that's just he share overshares. I guess is supposed to be the joke. I it's it's I don't know it's it's there's a lot of jokes in here about Skinner being pathetic. And then Bart, I have a note here. Bart uh, imagines him actually skinning and well, not skinning, but mounting uh, Skinner above (laughs) the fireplace as like one of those talking fish. Yeah, he's a Billy Bass. Yes, and he sings uh, my like the, my body lies over the ocean song. And I'm like, oh yes, every ten year old boy's favorite song, his favorite ditties from sea shanties from forty years prior. Like, how would he know that? Bart, that's an it. Bart, <laughs> I mean, Bart watches Krusty. You know, Krusty is an outdated comedian, so that's where I assume if if Bart knows something that's outdated and he thinks it's funny, it's because Krusty did it. He watches classic Krusty. Classic Krusty, exactly. Um. And then they're getting married, and then we cut immediately to the parties. The Bachelor and Bachelorette parties. Um, and this episode is a millhouse divided. I'm going to say that right now as well. This episode is just a millhouse divided, is not, except not as good. Well, you know, I would, I would say it's one of the overall, like, there's lots of episodes that fall into the category of Homer and Marge's marriage is on the rocks as reflected by another set of characters, marriage being on the rocks. There seems to be probably at least a dozen of those episodes scattered throughout the history of the show. And this falls firmly in that category. What are you going to say, Matt? Sorry. I was going to say, you know, that's basically almost exactly what I was going to say is like, this is just every time that the Simpsons try to help somebody else's marriage it ends up either strengthening or destroying theirs. I mean, we saw it with Otto and Becky. We saw it with the Van Houtens. Um, we saw it with Apu and Manjula. I mean, every time the Simpsons try to get involved, it reveals a weakness in their own relationship. Yeah, and I thought, and there's little bits and pieces here in this episode that I thought were gonna like. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I, okay, 
I didn't expect them to do anything with it, but there is, I think, an interesting way they could use this episode to kind of define how Marge and Homer view marriage, like the concept of marriage, and like actually make it like have a a, a thesis statement about it and say something, anything. Uh, it kind of doesn't, but it's there in bits and pieces. Um, first. Got it. I got I got a bunch of clips, guys. I hope everyone's excited. I know Matt is. Ooh, goody. <laughs> I know Matt's not excited. Matt doesn't want to listen to this. Uh, the first clip, bachelorette party. All right, we got sex with an alligator, screaming orgasms, and virgin screaming orgasms. Ooh, sexy drinks, adult board games. I'm glad I sent the kids to Grandpa's to protect their innocent minds. And here's some more Germans we killed. That flamethrower really toasted their waffles. Grandpa, how do you sleep at night? They drug us. <laughs> I I gotta say that that right there at the end is my favorite joke of the episode because it's so dark. <laughs> it stands out as opposed to everything else. Yeah, any anytime they uh, counterpoint Marge's protecting the kids innocence with something much more horrible that the kids are completely allowed to do whatever they want with i'm just like yes that is exactly the kind of thing we still need in this country <laughs> people need to point out that oh no there are much worse things than the things you're trying to hide from the kids yeah grandpa's they drug us yes i i there's there's multiple jokes in here that i think are th- that joke alone matt is better than the entirety of our last whatever well i can't even remember what was our last episode <laughs> What was the last episode? <laughs> the Wandering Juvie. That lo- one joke, that grandpa joke right there, that one line is funnier than anything in The Wandering Juvie. Oh, for sure. So there you go. This is already a step ahead of that. Um, I just want to point out there was a nice visual gag right in the middle of that clip, too, with uh, the board game that she holds up, Libido. <laughs> libido. It's a great. I love Libido. It's my favorite apart- adult very, party game. Very simple and direct. I liked it. Um. So, to counterpoint, the girls, they're all having fun at Marge's house. I don't know why Edna is having her bachelorette party at Marge's house. They're not friends. No of our friends, probably, obviously. I, that's the... You have to kind of overlook that in total for this episode to make any sense, because Edna and Marge have no connection to each other whatsoever. They've they've been in parent-teacher conference meetings. That's it. They've not... They haven't spent, like, fun, quality time together. It, but it, I don't know. But I hate to do this, but I will give the show some credit because in the next scene, they effectively make a joke about that. That I, you could also take to me a joke about the bachelorette party as well. I don't know if you have a clip of that, but where um they, uh, well Lenny says, "Oh come on, Homer's son's principal. We're having a good time here," or something. <laughs> I don't know. I have a clip of the bachelor party. I forget if that's in there, but we'll find out in a moment. Because yeah. to counterpoint the bachelorette party, we see Skinner with Homer and the fellas over at Moe's. Uh, having a good time. Homer, this bachelor party seems to have peaked. Would you please return my pants and or underpants so I can go home? Come on, it's your last night of freedom. You gotta have some fun. Who are all of you people? We're your buddies. Now come on, Homer's kids principal. Have a beer. I can't. I might be called upon to give directions later. Skinner! You were asked to chug a lug, and a lug you shall chug. <laughs> There's something I've wanted to say to you for a long time. 
my good principal. You're the best we could get with the funds at our disposal. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love... Who is it that does Skinner's voice? Is it... Um, it's Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer, yeah. Because his drunk voice is fantastic. It is very obviously Skinner, but it's just so hilariously off that I, I love it so much. It, <laughs> it's so... And also that gag, that joke right there is also funnier than anything in our last episode, Matt. I will also point that out. That's two jokes in within the span of a couple minutes that are better than the entirety, funnier than anything that we just watched in the last episode and much funnier than anything we watched the episode that shall not be named. Um, a lug you shall chug is very good. Like that's just a, a perfect little twist. It's also the thing that Duff, Uncomplicated. Like, it feels like <laughs> something that Duffman would say too, that it they yeah. give to superintendent chalmers and then we then we cut immediately back to the bachelorette party duffman is stripping i guess he's also a stripper thought he was i mean ask for things probably doesn't pay all that well so you know i can see yeah, I've, see, I feel I, like that's a gag they've done before hasn't he been a stripper in some other episode do you i don't nick if you expect me to remember maybe that's just my imagination i'm sorry we can move on from that. <laughs> i mean he worked he's in good shape i mean all props to duffman he works for it um, thirty dollars an hour. He's, he's he yells as the as he strips for the ladies. He works uh, hard for them. He does. Yeah, more than thirty dollars an hour. Because I mean, he, that man's got expenses. He's got gas. He's got costumes. He was ripping his clothes off. I, that's worth a I, lot more. Uh, but I I was he was getting tips on top of that thirty dollars. I'd say, Matt. I think marginally he's getting his he's a tip based business. You buy the t shirts in bulk. Not a big deal. Yeah, you know, pennies on the dollar. You buy the cheap ones too, so they rip real easy. You don't exactly. Um, sure. Wiggum shows up on a noise complaint, which we get a little funny gag about Flanders calling in them having a party. <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't appreciate it. Uh, Wiggum starts stripping too, which sure, again, fun. It's fun. Five pants, man. That's that's big money for a cop. I've, and another great visual gag is when the cops get into it and then Duffman just starts making a sandwich. I, I don't know why, but that's just great. He's just very matter-of-factly. It's like, hey, he's got to eat. Got to get a sandwich. Um, it's break. Yeah. That's why he called the cops. It wasn't Flanders. It was Flanders. He knows Flanders' uh, mannerisms. Back to the bachelor party. Moses boring, so Mo wants to order a stripper. Skinner refuses. He doesn't... He doesn't he also uses the phrase friction dancing, which <laughs> there's a lot of little bits in here that I think are really funny. Uh, that's one of them. Friction dancing. We, I like if we send your daughter, it's free. <laughs> yes. They're, they're good. Another good. Another good. Uh, I did not just read that with my eyes out when I saw that. I was like, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is the that's 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 about the level of stripper that Mo needs. I think if and he uses only that's only for special occasions, too. That's not really a. An everyday stripper for Mo, I think. <laughs> so, and it's the phone book the thing that dates the episode the most? <laughs> oh yeah, um, the mere presence of it. Probably. I mean, people use phone books, right? Still, I keep getting a phone book still, and they make great um, little things to put underneath the table legs, but door, door stoppers, uh, yeah. table balancers. So Skinner doesn't want friction dancing. And he's drunk. So eventually he gets to the point where he is drunk enough to tell Homer that he might have cold feet. You know, Homer, 
Edna was bugging me and bugging me to set a date, and I picked one that seemed far away, and it zoomed up like a June bug flying at my windshield. What are you trying to tell me, Skinner? <laughs> Homer, Lenny, my man, I could never lie to you guys. I'm, I'm starting to get cold feet. Please don't tell anyone. Don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. Marge, guess what? Skinner wants to bail on his wedding. Homer, you're still talking to me. Oh, man, is this awkward. I'm out of here. Principal Skinner is having second thoughts? Poor Edna. Yeah, Marge, it looks like you got the last perfect man. Oh, uh, by the way, can I borrow your car tomorrow? Mine's acting up. (gasps) Every day you find a new way to aggravate me. Hey. You're the one always bugging me to screw up our marriage. Spice up! Spice up! Whatever. The important thing is to get Skinner to that altar. Because once a union has been sanctified by God, it takes at least six months to tear it apart. At least six months. At least six months. They got six months. Um, That's a good six months. That's a good six months. Uh, with just the cutaway guy. Like, there's, I think it's little things here and there that, like, that don't... That we pick at from time to time, the cartoonishness, like the that kind of disrupts the reality of the world at a certain point. And like when it you cut away to Homer's car upside down on fire in the front yard, you're like, okay, does how is that because he was drunk driving again? Which was two episodes he did that too, right? Like that, that's a whole episode's worth of material right there, but it's been relegated to a cutaway joke that barely works, <laughs> and and it doesn't. I don't know. That's the other thing. Is like when this episode is so close to a millhouse divided. You look at that episode and you wonder why. Like you look at that episode and you see, well, what is the source of uh, the tension between Marge and Homer? In that, and that is largely it's them Marge wanting more excitement in her marriage. Marge like they them kind of settle into a lull, and Marge maybe had ideas of them having a more romantic relationship over time. But it's not because Homer is a utter monster to her. Homer still loves her. He may do, he might have some bad ideas and do some stupid things from time to time. He's not crashing the car in the front yard. He's not, I believe Marge also imagines a, a, a moment in this where he is, a, there's a keg in bed next to her. And then the, <laughs> the keg is just dripping into Homer's mouth. Unkick the hose. Yeah, and it's just like this is not. And again, it's it, it it's like uh, Matt and I both said when you when you watch the I keep remember forgetting names. Codependence Day, the drunk driving. It's just things where Homer does things that are so terrible. Like this is not like a thing that might might make a marriage a little rocky. This is immediate divorce territory. So right. you can't. Like the Kabapel Skinner, even comic guy in this, I think that stuff's fine, frankly. Like it's not perfect, but it's all right. But Homer and Marge in this don't like their comparison to the other relationships doesn't work out because Skinner gets cold feet at a wedding and does is unsure if he wants to get married. He doesn't crash a car. Well, I was gonna say that. Um... The the reason why I well one reason why that doesn't work is because the side characters can go off and have incredibly goofy things happen to them if they like come close to breaking the 
the meta or breaking the fourth wall or whatever and just do insane over the top things okay they're side characters it's fine but like the main characters should probably have some like consistency and logic it's still a cartoon so you don't have to be wedded to that idea no pun intended but like there should yeah it, it can't go too far yeah and this episode just is not as bad frankly it's not as bad as other episodes we've seen this season because they've been so bad and in the past few seasons frankly but it's still there and it just undermines undermines everything um also matt i want to make i'm gonna register a complaint about your notes taking you said homer tells everyone homer only tells marge frankly she only he only tells marge and the kids but then everyone seems to know so yeah i mean but you can't you can't blame you can't blame homer on that i mean yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe Marsh maybe Marsh told him. So he actually got out of Skinner's presence to tell. So I'm assuming he's telling everybody. Hmm. They don't show us, so I give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess it's just one of those things where we're supposed to pretend that the Springfield is just a tiny village rather than a large suburban area. So therefore word gets around at lightning speed. They they called the 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 two people in town that talked the two the two gossips in town A Abramson and what was the oh right <laughs> what was the name of that guy what was the Z name Matt you remember Z Zakowski there you go <laughs> the two the two uh, biggest gossips in town finally okay all that all of the side we finally get to the wedding uh, I do want to point out there is no wedding party for either of them. Where's the best man? Where's we? Where's a ring bearer for that matter? There's the rev. It just doesn't matter. Just make it Homer and the guys. Like why can't? Okay, I'm just I'm just trying to make sense. Skinner's nervous. He's sweating up a storm. He's at the altar. Reverend's there. Edna's finally coming. And then dun dun dun. Edna calls off the wedding instead of Skinner. We are gathered together today to join Seymour and Edna in holy matrimony. Does anyone present know any reason why these two should not be wed? I do. <gasps> no, you say that part later. I'm sorry, Seymour. I can't marry someone who doesn't want to be with me. <laughs> Snipers, take your shot! I can't do it! That dress is a Vera Wang! Edna! Mm. Oh. Is this corn oil? Canola! That That is one of two incredibly awkward jokes in the episode that really don't land for me and make me think I'm missing something, but they tried. I liked it. Frankly, the canola joke. I do like the canola joke. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it is just because it's so odd. Because I don't know. Because it is such a. Str it's at least a strange, weird thing instead of in a bad, uh, like mean joke. Like that's what we generally have been getting. Like it's I mean, instead. So it's just like, and also I think it reveals like again. There's like a secret in Nelson where he likes being a homemaker doing like home ec kind of stuff and he knows like yeah he has he knows canola oil like what other like Vera Wang yeah he knows Vera Wang so it's like oh there's like a softer side to Nelson somewhere under there um and he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't shoot you know Krabappel with the water the not water balloon oil balloon uh oh. it's nice 
That's nice of Nelson. And frankly, hey, there's a plot. It's here. Look at this. It's been happening the entire first act. Congratulations, Simpsons. You did it. Good job. It's been gestating like little eggs, and now they're ready to burst open. That's uh, the most horrifying analogy I can think of. It's suitable, though. I I think it's it's ready. Um, This is kind of going to be the thing about, I guess, what I wanted this episode to be more. I I think this is, I'm guessing, one of your complaints too, Matt. This episode could be about how Kerbopoulos probably just make this is the right decision. This is the, the Skinner clearly doesn't actually want to get married. Uh, and if he doesn't, then they shouldn't. It's that simple. Uh, but instead, they kind of just waffle a little bit on it. And it's kind of vague and not not they blame Edna first. Well, yeah, because you get Skinner who waffles back and forth about it. And you get Edna, who is basically keeping uh, sticking to her guns because she realizes that Skinner's never going to change, and that's that's it. That's the whole thing. And they treat it like, oh, this is a, this epic back and forth. No, Edna's in the right. If you can't make somebody be with you, but that's just the way it is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go to commercial. Nine minutes and sixteen seconds. It's a long first act. Long first act because it has to set up everything that's going to happen for the rest of the episode. Uh, we get back. We're still actually still at the wedding. Uh, when we come back from commercial, uh, Skinner is doing the first dance by himself. Uh, he's trying to keep the you know, the festivities going. They're still serving the food and everything because hey, everyone's already there. Why not? I, is that a real question, Matt? No. Okay. It's not a real because why not? Because it's terrible and everyone there is probably suffering just silently. You sh- you should they should just go home. Can, let me say right here at, at this part where he's dancing by himself. This is the at least the one other awkward joke in the show that makes me feel like I missed something or I I just am not picking up what they're putting down. Where he's dancing by himself and then uh, Mars says something like, "Have you ever seen something so pathetic?" And then Homer like dances through the shot doing that thing that fathers do with their daughters or little kids where. Lisa's like on his shoes and then he says something like Haha, yeah I I don't get that at all like did, did you guys I, was that a joke <laughs> it felt like something was cut out see see okay Nick this is you're you're under, you're beginning to understand <laughs> when you my third eye is opening when you start asking questions like was that a joke now you're you're getting there you're starting to you're, you're like Neo He's starting to believe. That's where this is. You're you're becoming the one, basically. <laughs> I'm bending spoons all over the place. Exactly. That is. It, it, I don't. I think. Yeah. I think they meant that to be funny. It just comes across as confusing. Uh, next, we see the following day at school, uh, where things have gone a little pear shaped uh, for poor Edna. All right, students. What is the center of the circulatory system? It's the heart. The heart. You mean like Principal Skinner's, which you broke? What do you care? You hate Principal Skinner. Eh, rose before hose. Nelson, I'll see you after class. I'll be there. Will you? Mom, what are you doing here? Did our house burn down? Oh, that'd be cool. No, I'm here to have a little girl talk with Mrs. Grabapo. So how are you holding up? Actually, I feel fine. Why should I settle for someone who's not passionate about me? Oh, passion's for teens and immigrants. I'm just glad to have someone to look at when I wake up in the morning. Really? Well, 
Unkink the hose. Sure, there are downsides, but a relationship can't be all hand-holding and restaurant desserts. Why not? If I can't have romance and excitement, then what's the point of being married? Well, it's... In my case... Hmm. Yes, exactly, Marge. What is the freaking boy? And this is where I, I start to... I, I see what this episode could have been, and then I see what it is, and I'm just like, ooh, you guys you guys had a good start, and then it just kind of deviates, because this could be a whole, uh, you know, realization for Marge that her relationship, ha she, has to, she needs to get more out of her relationship. Obviously, Homer is getting lots out of the relationship, and she is not, and, but, we'll get to the ending, but, yeah, that's not what happens. Uh, so, sorry, you're saying something? I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's the, and I was thinking about this whole time. I've got a note here, just that question. What's the point of being married? Like that is the a pivotal, pivotal little point that the show could decide to pivot on and, and make it into a whole thing. And instead of just having like uh, what the ending was, as we'll get to, but have them have a serious heart to heart, you know, discussion about what is the point of their marriage and try to work through that and maybe even have that carry over into other episodes. But no, it just kind of that main central question gets forgotten and then it just turns into, oh, how annoying Homer is and how he doesn't understand her feelings. Um, and it's a question that is unanswered by the end. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You guys misunderstood. The en the ending says that Homer is a good husband. Oh, and Marge was stupid. That's what. Yes, Marge, Marge expected too much of poor Homer. All all Homer had to do was. One grand gesture every couple of years, and that's all that was really required. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, it's and grand gestures when, when all that's missing from the relationship, and then this again reminds me of Millhouse Divided, where when the problems presented are deep, bad things that require t if you want your you want to still stay married, which I I believe how many how many times so far have we said that March should definitely get a divorce. How many episodes have told us uh, that? A lot. Like five or six, I think, we're at up to this point, where five or six were like, Homer, the things Homer did in this episode are unforgivable. Marge should divorce him. So if they want to stay married, they have to like they would have to go to therapy and everything. And that's the thing. When you don't present the relationship as a real relationship, it becomes untenable when you try and base an episode around it. It just makes it farcical. It makes it silly. And it makes the 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 relationship between Skinner Kabopple and Comic Guy like it makes that seem like grounded and realistic compared to Homer and March. You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's it. That guy, we we solved the Simpsons. There we go. No, Thanks, sir, for coming. <laughs> uh, did we? I mean, oh wow! I was here for the final episode. Wow! No, we're not. The final we, episode of the podcast. Ron, we, Ronnie we, fixed it. Everyone. No, we've got about seven <laughs> years left, Nick. At least. Oh. I mean, yeah. good for you. Yeah. But, good, yeah. Oh. Exactly. Got a lot. Of, I like. I like to. I like to keep busy. <laughs> but, so anyway, moving on. Maybe uh, that's the answer to the question: What's the point of marriage? You like to keep busy. Yeah. That's an answer. At least, also, like that's an answer. Like they don't even do that. They don't even have yeah. one. That's yeah, true. Okay, uh, we have to finish this at some point tonight. No, uh, so no, no, Skinner, no, no. he's he's at Moe's. He's got his you know crying into his beer, uh, asking or basically saying that oh you know this is the worst mistake he ever made. He really did want to marry Edna. Obviously, lots of people get cold feet at their wedding and uh, whatever. 
Uh, although I, I don't think the cold feet were temporary in Skinner's case. He, he never seems to want to, the Russians to end, obviously, did the correct thing. Uh, but he asked Homer to be his Cyrano de Bergerac and get back uh, Edna. Homer misunderstands, and we have to have a gay joke, of course. Uh, but the when Homer and Skinner show up at Edna's apartment, Edna is with Marge, and we get a very interesting comparison point between the relationships. Okay, just repeat after me. Edna, I made a huge mistake, and I want you back. Edna, I made a huge mistake, and I want you back. How's that, Homer? Mm-hmm. God, it's Seymour! What do I say? You just say! It's too late! I'm free and loving it, Principal Skinner. Every second without you is like a million kicks in the crotch. Oh, that's so lovely. But it's too late to win us back with sweet talk. What the... Marge, are you helping her? I won't let Edna throw her life away for some passionless marriage where two people lie in bed together with no contact, whittling away the batteries until they die. Which are you saying is dead? Our marriage or our batteries? Let's just say, in an emergency, I wouldn't count on either one. Homer, Marge, if I could just speak to Edna for a moment. Shut up. I didn't tell you to say that. Just why am I taking your advice? Because I'm successfully married. There's no ring on that finger. Uh-oh. Oh, why did I take it off? Oh, right, to see if I could skip it across Lake Michigan. An absolutely perfect reason from Homer. And, yeah. Well, here, here Matt, we're, this is literally, again, I made this comparison, uh, maybe last week, week two, maybe week before that, I don't remember. He's literally, at this point, Homer is the Homer Simpson from the, the fake television show. That the cop show. Yeah, exactly. He's literally, uh oh, SpaghettiOs Homer. This is li- he is literally, <laughs> he is literally this. Like they have not. They, that was parody like three years ago. Now that is literally what Homer is. He 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 has lost his wedding ring because he was gonna skip it across Lake Michigan. <laughs> Can I just say the clips? Just picking out the selective clips makes this episode sound a lot funnier now. <laughs> it actually was. Watching the whole thing together. <laughs> well, when you don't have to, like, hold a plot together and have an episode make sense, <laughs> it's a lot easier to write jokes, which is a problem the Simpsons writers have had for about five years now. All right. Um, this also, this is also my, I, I made this as one of my thesis statements for this episode, in that this argument between Marge and Homer is actually about the Simpsons, the television show, and not the Simpsons, the family. Oh. This this is all meta. It's not, but it makes it more interesting if it was. Well, whether the show should keep going or not. Yeah. Should the show keep going? No. You should stop. <laughs> but they no. don't. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also at this point, we get back to Edna goes to... This is where the episode goes off the rails. Edna goes to comic book guys to return his wedding gift, which is an incredible Hulk melon ball, and we're not going to describe can, it at all. Can I? Can I? <laughs> Matt, I want that. I want that Hulk melon baller. Can I get that? Robbie, we all want the Hulk melon baller, but it's, I want, it's too awful. I want an immortal Hulk melon baller. Can I get that? Oh, that's that's going to be tougher to find. That's going to be hard. I, I know. Okay. Uh, and while she's there, the comic book guy has a surprisingly applicable comic. Oh no, I married a high school prince or a, a, a <laughs> something principal. I do comics is what it was called. 
Yes, all about weddings. Very popular with the ladies. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason, Edna starts flirting with him because she finds his arrogance charming. I guess I, I don't know because the, the the episode requires it basically. Yeah, they try and like really sell this as oh he's a rebound. You know she's just lonely now, but comic book guy. That whole thing moved at such lightning speed that you just kind of have no choice but to go along with it, which was their plan, I guess. Like, there's just no build-up at all. It's just, hey, here's your wedding present back. Oh, I guess we're driving away now, sort of. <laughs> at four, this is, again, 14 minutes into the episode. 14 minutes. Edna is going on a date with comic book guy. Okay. And then sleeping with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, presumably the same day i think we there's they don't i have a there's no way to know it's it's they don't know we don't know how much time has passed so yes at this point we go to a commercial and thank god it's back on to robbie to talk about where it goes from here (laughs) (laughs) oh come on matt okay the third act's pretty bad um we we come back 14 minutes and 48 seconds in so it's a short second act roughly five minutes ish um so we start the third act with something again, something I actually like. Um, it is a lion sleeps tonight parody with Edna trying to win back Edna. Dream Quartet, are you tuned up? As tuned as we're gonna get in this humidity. And a castrati. The what now? And a one. And a two. And a. Oh, and the cake. 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 Miss Crabapple, a sad principal, is desperate and needy. If you come home, I won't die alone, and that's what I'd prefer. Uh, please. For Seymour. So please come back to the dark. Well, well, if it isn't the square in our love triangle. What are you doing in Edna's place? Where is she? My beloved is napping blissfully in the many folds of my Spider Man t shirt. I like the song. I was going to say, uh, you said you liked that i did like did the, I, that right? I like i like the song i'm not gonna i don't feel shame for that i like the song now i i grant you i'm new to the show but when you guys say like on this show does that mean something different than what i am accustomed to i like think meaning? i think the song i'm not saying the song is great or even good i think the song is all right and that is enough for me I've settled just like just like skinner just like skinner and Krabappel theoretically would do for each other I have settled. I think Matt, what are your thoughts on this on this song? Is it bad? It's fine. It's it's <laughs> it's definitely not you know Marge versus the monorail kind of thing, but it's decent. Like it, it shows oh. some real creativity. The you know arrangement is is good. It's musical. It's not bad. Well, I'm a guest, so my vote counts for three. So I'm sorry, you've been vetoed. I also. I I also like the joke. I like. I'm also as a former strings player myself. I like the joke about them not being able to get stay in tune in the humidity. That all, now we get at the core of this. Okay, that's why. Got it. Okay, we can move on. Um. So yeah, we don't know how long it's been since Edna walked into the comic book store and they walked out to go get it on a date. But they are 
the comic book guy's sleeping over apparently and Kerbobble's just napping under his massive Spider-Man t-shirt and how long has it been? Are we is Edna just like that she's that upset by that 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 she, like she called off the wedding. Skinner didn't call off the wedding. Edna called off the wedding. So why would Edna go for rebound? Edna would be taking time away for herself alone so she could think, right? Well, okay, well, but it, it's in a still real a world. break. It, it's still a breakup. I, I would actually argue that's one of the more realistic things in the show. Not her, not the lightning speed with which she seems to have a romantic relationship with comic book guy, but you know, hooking up with him. Like people do stupid things like that when they've just had a breakup. I mean, granted, this is like an incredibly bizarre breakup, leaving someone at the altar, but still a breakup. I also hate. It's on the record. I don't. I dislike comic book guy. I hate. I hate. I hate his character. I hate. I'm. I don't like the the, the tropes. I don't like. I don't like real life comic book guys like him. And I don't like this. I don't like this. The character comic book guy like him. The grotesquely exaggerated version. Of yeah, that. it doesn't make. It doesn't make. It just hits you close to home. I, I've met. I've known. I've been in too many comic book stores where I just want to buy some comic books and talk to somebody about the stories. But instead, I get a comic book guy trying to like gatekeep me about buying a comic book and i am like the straightest of whitest of dudes and i still get comic book guy going ma, 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 you can't do what do you i like the old captain marvel when she didn't wear clothes <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, okay. it's like a he's kind of like a proto big bang theory joke it's like um the whole thing with that being like a making references and jokes about geeks but they're written by people who loathe geeks yeah, that kind of thing. That was also there. Um, what is this going on in this episode? Homer and Homer's spending a lot of energy on Skinner and Edna, and this is frustrating Marge to a certain extent because he's not spending it on her. Okay, maybe tell him that Marge. Like, I don't. At a certain point, Marge, like you are responsible for your relationship. Like, communicate to your husband. Tell him that he's disappointing you directly. And if he doesn't respond well, then you divorce him. I don't know what to tell you. It gets very frustrating. They go to Comic-Con because Edna and Comic Book Guy are going to Comic-Con? Well, of course. Obviously, Rob. Why? <laughs> Why because they... they have to stage a, well, it's essentially an intervention, and they have to do it in a very public place. How else are they going to run into Matt Groening? They run into Matt Groening. Um, I have a clip. I pulled the clip because I, I don't like it, and I want to talk about how I don't like it. Oh my goodness, it's Matt Groening. <laughs> wow, the creator of Futurama. Mr. Groening, will you autograph my Bender doll? Sure. I'm happy to give anyone my autograph, anytime or anywhere, on the street, in a store, or on my private property. But why be happy with just an autograph? What about an original sketch or snippet of my hair? And don't forget to pull my beard. They say it's good luck. I like the bit, actually. Are you I'm fine with the pulling of beard thing? I are okay. Oh boy, I like the entire bit. I'll be honest with you. Are you, are, are you okay, Nick? Is are you are? Do we hey, need to talk? You get to like the song, and I get to like the Matt Groening bit. Okay, I thought. Okay, I don't care about Matt Groening, and I don't care that he's in the episode. But I just thought that what he's saying is funny. The joke itself is funny, and how he delivered it about you know people who can just come up and do whatever they want to him. That's fine. Like, I, I thought it was a nice meta joke. And I also like the fact that it establishes that 
he's not the creator of the he's the creator of the simpsons therefore he wouldn't have been able to be in the show however he created this other show that i guess they're saying now well i guess it was established in futurama because there's simpsons merchandise is in another world well okay i guess it doesn't really make sense but (laughs) (laughs) i like that because there's a futurama it allows him to exist in the simpsons world there I'm fine with I don't, like I don't care if Matt Granny's on The Simpsons and like he invented Futurama. I think that's fine. It's The Simpsons, and it's and it again. I think the, the what bothers me about it in particular is this. Like The Simpsons became it was famously a show where they treated celebrities and they made fun of them when they guessed it on the show. They didn't treat them kindly. They were mean to them. They made them look like idiots. Like. They, well, I like the joke, but I would also argue it makes him look like a big a hole. <laughs> yeah, it makes. But all I, but I, I don't want like can't there be like there's a perfect chance here for him to make a more like some more meta jokes about how he invented the show that he is now guesting on, and instead you do a joke that any celebrity could do. You can make that joke with any celebrity about how they get accosted in public by fans. And I also, here's the other thing. Matt Groening is worth, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. So, wah, wah, I'm a gajillionaire, and I get sometimes people talk to me in public. Oh, no! How dare they? Are you saying he didn't earn that money? Now, come on. Um... <laughs> He Are you saying he's been coasting for the last ah, uh, he's there's, years? There's a lot of similarities between a Matt Groening and a George Lucas. Uh <laughs> the only thing I, I will say I enjoy I enjoyed uh was it Disenchanted? Disenchantment, whatever the hell the name of the Netflix show is. I enjoy that. Yeah, so I've not seen it. It's it's, it's all right. I think good. that's Matt not and I. Amazing, yeah. But it's good. yeah, it's fine. George George Lucas and Matt Groening both stylistically designed to be that way. <laughs> okay. That's my. I just wanted to make a Matt Groening, my 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 curmudgeon, angry, cynical Robbie. So, love them, folks, don't we? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm smart once in a while. So, well, once once he becomes a big famous writer, then then you can act like a jerk yeah, or nice. It's really up to you. I I, I will. I'm like, uh, hey, if if you recognize me in public and want my autograph. That is extremely flattering, and I will happily sign for you. You have to grow enough of a beard for people to tug on, though. Uh, kind of not. I'm kind of in a non-beard phase right now. Wow, oh. that's a problem. So we're at the com. You notice how we're not talking about the plot of this episode? I wonder why. So, because this is a, this is all lunacy from here on out. It's just nonsense. So, comic guy has been dating Edna for how long has he been dating Edna? A week or two, maybe. Uh, could it could be twelve hours? It could be twelve hours. Like that is not impossible. And he, there at the Comic Con, Marge makes some. Also, we did mention that Marge is like shaming adult cosplayers. I'm like, chill, yes. chill out, Marge. People can dress up like Captain America. It's okay, right? Calm, calm down. Marge's like, oh no, they, they shouldn't be doing that because they're they're, they're adults adults kids yeah yeah adults shouldn't do fun things only kids get to do fun things adults get to be on unhappy marriages with terrible men unfortunately I say, they, yeah. should, they should be normal and have everything together and have good happy lives like marge and homer yeah just like marge and homer so we see comic book guy he's dressed like a klingon 
Uh, Edna is just dressed like a lady. She just has a nice dress on. She's not cosplaying. Um, and it is this case, comic book guy proposes to Edna in front of a bunch of Klingon guys. And in Klingon, he says a bunch of, of stuff as well. I know I I have not fact checked if that's actually Klingon or not, or if that they just made it up. I'm guessing it's real, but he's proposing in public. They've been dating for twelve hours. And then Skinner comes in, dressed like Catwoman. Yeah, what's the problem? No, Robbie, it's, it's Catman, obviously. Michelle Pfeiffer, leather, black leather Catwoman. And yeah, I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Okay, I just if okay, Skinner is a moron. That's I think that's my problem. That Skinner is the, like they're like, hey, th- we had a f- what's the funny? And I think I'm also kind of insulted that this is the funniest costume they could think of. It's like, what's the funniest thing we could put Skinner in? A uh, leather Catwoman, like, come on, guys! Like it's Star Trek. Give put him in like a a Kirk outfit. Yeah, it is true that like if Principal Skinner is a big dolt who doesn't know what's going on, then what is the point of his character? He's supposed to be the straight man. <sighs> yeah, there's tone and there's yeah. Skinner is not really again. Skinner is and Garoppolo and comic book guy and Homer and Marge are all what the episode needs them to be. They're not really coherent in any like from the beginning to the end of the episode. Frankly, now guys, I I kind of like this episode, and now you're making me not like it very much. Well, it's it's not it's the ending is the big problem because it has actually sets up a really interesting problem, and it it does so in a way that parallels the Simpson marriage. Which is something they've done before, but it'd be interesting if this had a different outcome. Oh, they split up and the woman realized she's better off without him. If that's just how they ended it, it'd be fine. It's just this whole comic book guy nonsense and what the ending actually comes down to that really makes it terrible. So, comic book guy and Catwoman, the Klingon comic book guy, Catwoman Skinner fight with some Star Trek-esque fight music. Is I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. And... Edna stops him from fighting, and she's on the right track, doesn't quite get there much like this episode. Stop it! Stop it, both of you! Seymour, it's too late for you to win me back. This man worships me. He actually wants to be my husband. The female has made her decision. Prepare the feast of goldfish crackers. I'm not marrying you either. There are a million valid reasons, but which one did you pick? We've had a great time together, but we're too different. I don't understand. It's like I'm DC Comics and you're Marvel. I understand completely. I don't think I want to be tied down to anybody. Okay. I think, okay, how old is Mrs. Krabappel supposed to be? Uh, they never, I don't think they've ever actually told us how old she is, but okay, I speculate like the late 40s. 40s. Yes. Mm, yeah. Isn't that a decision she probably should have come to in her 20s that she doesn't want to be tied down to anyone? I mean, I thought the whole driving force of her character going all the way back to the episode where Bart impersonates the hockey player um, to date her. uh, I thought the whole point was she's getting older and she's running out of time in her mind and she's got to get someone get a fish and knock him out and get him in the boat. Now she doesn't want to be tied down to anyone. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think this is the, basically the excuse she has for not wanting to marry either of two bad options. She's willing to, you know, be tied down to someone she's. I, I think by tied down she means she doesn't want to pick anything. This whole episode has made her realize because I think this whole episode is basically her going from, "Look, I just want a guy 
someone who's not going to be terrible to me to realizing, oh no, I don't want someone unless they're going to be at least halfway decent. I, I think that's what her arc is supposed to be in this episode. It just is so muddied by the terrible choices she has. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Matt, you, t- you mentioned in our notes a couple times, like, they treat her like a prize. They don't treat her, neither comic book nor Skinner treat her like a person. They treat her like an item to be won. Won or lost. And and Edna tells it, tell, she tells Skinner early on in this episode, she's like, I don't I, I don't want to be married to someone who doesn't want me, who doesn't want to be here. And you could, like, say something interesting about Miss Garbapol by, by including that knowledge of, like, yeah, she is this older woman who is afraid of being uh, alone her whole life. So she is feeling pressure internally to get married. And so she is willing to settle for Skinner. And this episode could have some kind of – it could say something about the fact – like about how maybe for her marrying Skinner is all right, or it's not all right because she's decided I want a marriage that is, that is genuine. And we're both 100% and we want to be married because we love each other. And we want to have the best marriage ever, not because we're both lonely and afraid we're going to die alone. It doesn't say either of those things though. It just says, and it just goes, I just want to be alone. All right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this is where the limitation of the show is like, well, who else is she going to possibly? Well, I'm I'm sure this question has been answered in the intervening scene in seasons that I haven't watched. But Oh, no. Um, oh, no, Nick. Oh, <laughs> you don't know. I can't even imagine how many other. No, no, no. Wait, no. She she marries a character. OK. And a okay. supporting male character. You because you don't know. You haven't watched. Make a guess. Bumblebee guy. <laughs> no, he doesn't marry Bumblebee Man. Oh, well, well. Flanders. Wait a second. How, when was this? I feel like that sounds familiar. Like season, <laughs> what, 21, 22? Yeah, somewhere, oh, somewhere no. in the okay, okay, 20s. And then Marshall Wallace passed away. And so they had to have a sad Flanders again because first his fake wife, his wife, his fictional character wife passed away in season. 13 which i hate mm-hmm. and then his the, the the actress who played his fictional wife passed away so that's great i love that um, that's my favorite thing and then they use edna's ghost once in a while to pop in and say hello <laughs> like a force ghost yes yeah yeah <laughs> not joking that is a thing that oh, happens boy. once in a while okay. she doesn't say anything because marshall wallace isn't around but she just shows up to like wish flanders well i guess she's like okay. i I fought with your other wife in the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh my god, Nick. You got you got mad on. You got mad on that one. <laughs> you got him. I'm glad I'm glad you did. Oh, okay. That hurts. Oh, that hurts so, much. so so Edna is she leaves. And so does, I guess, Skinner and Comic Book Girl also go, but we can't let them go without Agnes making a terrible transphobic joke. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. It felt like it was like a shotgun to my, like, my heart. I'm like, oh, no. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Did we already, did we already miss the, uh, the, the future joke where uh, they're in, like, a, some kind of place on the moon and Agnes is a spider? Yes, we did yeah, miss that-, that. That did happen. Oh, thank God. <laughs> well, I was going to say, see, this that, this transphobic joke was like, yeah, it, it just, 
wham, like right in the gut. And because it makes you forgive, there was a lighter sort of transphobic joke earlier in the episode when Sideshow Mel says, when they're all like muttering out in the audience as to why the marriage is falling apart or they're not going to get married. And Sideshow Mel says, he's a she and she's a he. It just sort of comes out of nowhere. And I was like, all right, I guess we'll forgive that one. And then this one comes along. <laughs> yeah, this one's w- way... I did not pull it for that. Like, this, it's not... It's so bad that I did not want to play the clip. Even just yeah. to, even to demonstrate how terrible it is. It's very bad. And I don't know... I don't know why it's here. Like, there's... it. They do that now. Like, we had a, a few episodes ago, they just made a bunch of homeless people jokes. Like, for no reason. They weren't really funny. They were just, like... A bunch of jokes punching down, and here's more. And there's there's been transphobic jokes lately in these last couple of seasons. Here's another one, and it's just like, ah, thanks, Agnes, you're a monster. I hope you die. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things in this episode that just sort of kind of cross over the line of what the character would actually say. Like when Nelson says "bros before hoes," I guess it's I guess the tone of it is in his character, but him actually saying it is kind of weird in The Simpsons. And then Bart says "put out." At one point, he's talking about the women at comic book conventions and how they put out. Like, I, I don't want to hear the 10-year-old Bart say that. It's just not... Another character in the show might say that, not him. Well, like, Nick, Nick what you may have missed in, in not seeing the, the, the series for so long is that no longer are the actual children their mouthpieces for the writers. Yeah. Yeah. They had they had, they had wrote a, they had written a joke, and they needed someone to say it. Who is there? So Homer and Marge are there. They've already said jokes. So Lisa's not going <laughs> to Lisa and Bart are left. Who, which one are more likely to say that joke? Lisa's not going to say it, so we have to give it to Bart. Lisa's yeah. Lisa's going to make the intellectual joke about how her favorite comic books are like Daniel Clowes or something. Like she likes Ghost World. That's the joke that Lisa would say. Um, well, that that makes a very cold, logical sense. That uh, I hate you for. I know that's the problem. We've we've done the we've done the work here. We've done the research. <laughs> We we've made these we've made the we've gotten to the conclusions. Uh, speaking of conclusions, thankfully, finally, we can get to the end of this episode because um, Marge is still upset um, about Homer, and then we get a happy ending. Our marriage is just an illusion. He doesn't care how I feel at all. He doesn't know how to love. Marge, the greatest day of my life was the day you and I became one. Would you marry me again? Oh, it's very sweet, but I don't need a... Where's that coming from? A band in a closet. Every girl's dream. And now, Padre, if you would do the honors. I do. Marge, you just agreed to raise the kids Klingon. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. And this is where it gets like, oh, this is a solid, you know, I would have called it maybe a six on, on a scale of one to ten. I'm like, okay, you've definitely got some issues. This is not a great episode. It's okay, though. And this whole thing just brings it right down to like a three. Just completely shoehorn it. Like they just they literally the right you can just picture and imagine the writer sitting around saying, like, Alright, we've kinda of resolved the comic book guy and the thing. Um oh, we still have that pesky subplot with Marge and Homer. What do we do about that? 
Uh, they just remarry again. We did that already. Uh, who cares? I mean, this is literal. This is literally a Millhouse divided the ending, except worse by many <laughs> factors. And this is in that clip. Marge says she makes statements about their marriage that if you are saying these things out loud, it is too late. There is no like return unless they're going to counseling and for like months and months or years even where they like fix everything step by little piece by piece. Lisa Marge is like, he doesn't know how to love me. (laughs) He does it. Why on earth would you have Marge say that? He doesn't know how to love me. And that is her that is her internal monologue. That is the rawest bit of her feelings. And she's just saying it out loud for the sake of the audience. But that is the core of her beings, like yelling that out to the world. It's and then we just move on from that. She's alone. Like she's not lying. There's no one to lie to. She's just saying her feelings out loud. And then Mar- Homer shows up, says, Oh no, I actually love you a lot. Here is the school band. They have been jammed into your closet for I don't know how long. Here is the guy from Comic Con. He's dressed like a Klingon. Bah, bah. Like you said, Big Bang Theory. That's like a Big Bang Theory joke. Where like, oh, Marge, you just said you'll raise the kids Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Studio audience I- laughter. <laughs> I do have a note that this is like the time period when everyone was making jokes about Klingons for some reason, because I think it had just gotten in the news fairly recently that people were actually having Klingon weddings and can speak Klingon and all that. So it just became like the hot joke for late night talk show hosts to make. <sighs> yeah, it's it's just it. it this episode should not have had. It sh- they could have easily just said Homer and Marge actually are both happy. Yeah. That's all they had to do. Like, subvert that trope. You've done it multiple times at this point. Instead of having, a, like, they also did it with Apu and Manjula, where, it, like, why don't, just instead this time, Homer and Marge are happy together. And Marge doesn't mind Homer being, like, a drunk sometimes or being sloppy because he's loyal and he loves her. And maybe, I don't like, like, that's all it has to be. But instead, they, like, have these terrible differences. And then Marge is like, oh, I guess I forgive him. I'm an idiot. Well, or why don't they do something fun? Why don't they do something like, mm. uh, yeah, well, I should just stop right there. But why don't they just do something like Homer and Marge uh, both like pick a side and now they're like rivals for the episode. And they have a little competition to see, you know, uh, who they can make happy first, you know, Principal Skinner or uh, Edna. And like it just becomes like this competition between the two of them. And that's the subplot. And by the end, they're like, oh, you know, things got a little bit heated, but I love you and I love you, too. And we had a lot of fun today, didn't we? (laughs) You know, have something kind of goofy where it shows like their friendship, because uh, marriage is supposed to be based on a friendship. You are this is your best friend. So do something that actually shows that you have affection for each other in a friendly way, not just this obligation of marriage that we must untangle every now and then like why 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 do we need that now well said nick well said i think <laughs> um that's a good idea unfortunately um i i've tried really hard to get my time travel machine to work and get back in time so i could talk to simpsons writers and tell them to fix episodes before they release them um but unfortunately it has not worked not even once time 
Like it works, but you just keep going to alternate dimensions, and then you have to you come back to your own timeline, and nothing's changed because it's that kind of time travel. It's just a, you know, it's just kind of a letdown. Jerry O'Connell keeps showing up. Yeah, you're in Sliders for some reason, and no one wants to remember that show. I like Sliders. Hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. You got, go. you, got, you got Matt fired up. But that you mentioned, show was hilariously terrible. <laughs> you mentioned Sliders. All right. Um, this episode, like, it has, like, some really solid jokes early on. It has some good character stuff at times. And the A-plot, the non-Marge Homer stuff, I think is okay. Like, it's not good. I think it fails Edna a little bit. But it's okay. The Homer Marge stuff is bad, especially by that third act. It's just bad. And this is where we're at, where I'm saying, eh, it's okay. That's an okay episode. I don't think we can agree with you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on this one, Robbie. I, I think it, it it had potential. It's just v- some very specific choices were made that made it bad. And there, I, it seems like they were made in the writer's room rather than in the actual writing of the script. I think there were, like I said, when I hear the clips you know, one after the other, it's like there's some really great jokes in here. Individual jokes you can point to that are creative. And when you talk about the plot is where it goes, yeah, why did they do that? I mean, here's the other thing. You're you're blessed and you don't you don't carry the curse that me and Matt have where we have to watch every single episode of The Simpsons and talk about them at length. It, actually, it's family. We both oh. independently have it passed down in our bloodline even worse yeah and no really awful. I, i've tried to go to churches and get it like fixed nope they swear out they they tell me to run away they tell me to get out of the sanctuary that's true they, for some reason we start to burn as yeah it hurts hurt. when i walk into churches now so um they can cure you they just think it's really funny this i will i'm gonna again compare it to our last episode because it's fresh in my mind wandering juvie not a good episode pretty pretty bad man i both agreed pretty bad it is not funny. It is rightly about the same level of plot development and character development, probably less, honestly, than this. And not like there's no like fun construction. There's no like scenes with Duffman stripping and then getting a sandwich. Like there's nothing. It's just dull tedium and it's boring and terrible. This is there's interesting stuff in this. It, it makes me think. And, like, I, at this point, I'm kind of going, like, ah, oh, that's hard. It's better than that's something. It's something. But that tells you where we're at. Where you watch it, you don't, haven't watched all these episodes recently. And you're going, like, this is, makes no sense. Like, why do they choose all these weird things? And, like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. They, they, I, this is our, our, our suspicion is simply... They didn't. They wrote one or two drafts, and then they stopped. Well, like I said, I after I watched this and remembered that I had seen it before, I went and looked at the episode list for the rest of the season. And I'm like, oh, 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 that one. Ooh, mm-hmm. did the color tugging thing. Yep, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of color tugging. There's and like, I will also give this episode like a lot of like one like that transphobic joke is. It's really bad. Uh, so it it exists only to say, remember how bad his mom is. Yeah, and I don't. There's better ways to do that um, than to to punch down like that. Um, anything else you want to say, Nick? Before we move on? No, 
I think that I think we've said too much. That's <laughs> we've said enough. We've said too much. Probably is true. That's a it's a that's a curse also carried with my uh, Matt doesn't have that curse. I Not that part. No, I only have the part where I have to talk at length about it, like <laughs> for hours. So we can move on. Hey, hey, Matt. You know what, time? Robbie? Is this episode broken? I don't. Th- I don't think so, Matt. I would agree with I would agree with you because okay. this episode has a very simple premise. <coughs> Excuse me, has a very simple premise that I think goes off the rails. That doesn't mean it's broken. It just means it could use some tweaks. It, yes, there's I again. I'm going with my gut on this. I don't think this episode's broken. I think it has flaws. It has problems, but I think broken means something very severe. Um, so it's. Fine, I guess. I'm not going to play the clip. We can move on to our next segment. <laughs> it's comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I comb through the nohomers.net forum, still up and running to this very day, and I look at what people thought of the episode when it came out, pull some reviews. Um, pretty positive. Pretty, pretty positive about this episode. Um, Good for them. 25% of in the poll gave it a 5 out of 5. Wow. Perfect score. 31% gave it a 4 out of 5. So a, a great score. That's... Do you think we're in the minority and actually a lot of nerds really do like Comic Book Guy and his portrayal? Maybe that's what's going on there. I don't know. I, I can't. There's a certain point, Nick, when you look at... we've We do this segment every episode. At a certain point, you're just like, I don't know why... They liked it so much. Like I get, I could get some people liking it, but overwhelming majority. Like also, they did like two weeks ago. They watched an episode where Mar- where March was framed for a DUI by her husband. So maybe they're just like, oh, this one's nice. It's pleasant. They have a happy ending. Yeah, and this is season fifteen, and still, you know, maybe hope hope was springing eternal. Lowered still ex- thought there was. Hope on the horizon. Lowered expectations. Uh, 25% gave it a 3 out of 5, and then uh, 10 gave it a 2, and 7 gave it a 1 out of 5. Uh, first review. Beautiful job by the Simpsons team on this one. The only real problem, though, as stated before, was the fact there was another Homer and Marge button and help out insert supporting character here plot. Aside from that, and the fact that Groening's guest shot was a wee bit too short, it wasn't half bad. Hilarious. <laughs> especially with some of the comic guys' scenes. What are you laughing at? What's so funny? Why couldn't Matt Groening be in the episode for like five minutes, ten minutes? Why don't you just make it about him? Yeah, exactly. I can't can't imagine someone saying that walk-on cameo guest was just not there long enough. Uh, So here's the next review, kind of middling. I'm sort of surprised how this episode is so widely liked. I, for one, was not impressed. Episode as a whole just seemed rushed. The Groening appearance was wasted. I'll blame Fox for that. And nothing real seemed to fit together the way I hoped it would. The characterization, though not bad, still hasn't reached perfection. Not even close. Not to mention the plot seemed disjointed. Despite the bad, there's still this. Ep- there's still a lot this episode did well. All the comic book guy-related jokes were great, and the bachelorette parties weren't bad. And then, oh, we forgot to mention this. It's good this guy's bringing it up. Um, I'll finish his review. Barney's drinking again! Skinner was mostly good and funny throughout, but like I said before, it was all really rushed, especially ending with Marge and Homer. Need a lot more time to develop. Oh, and I didn't like the Homer battery scene. If anything, I'm not being harsh <laughs> enough on this episode because it really did have a lot of problems. Either way, I'd give it a 2.5 or or out of 5, a 3 on the poll. Not impressed at all. Um, 
There are a lot of people on the forum that were very excited that Barney is again an alcoholic. I wonder why. Finally, a relatable character for me again <laughs> in the show. Because, like, and th- and this is this is when it starts, and it continues still, where they just have gr- where they have Barney like on and off the wagon, and over and over and over again for throughout the years. Like, it depends on the episode. Like, if, do we need him drunk? Then he's drunk. Do we need him sober? Then he's sober. And on an episode by episode basis, it doesn't mean much. But when you're watching it over the scope of the show, it is the saddest thing in the world. This poor man keeps trying and keeps failing at controlling his vices. <sighs> and it's really, yeah. really bothersome that a lot of fans wanted him to be a drunk. So that's great. Yeah, oh, no, the characters can't change ever for any reason or else yeah. someone will get very sad. Final final review. Uh, this episode started strong with the whittling of batteries. From there on, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love the last guy. The batteries were such a problem that he had to bring it up. For this guy, it is like the best part of the episode. That's amazing. It started strong. <laughs> From there on, it sucked. I just have no respect for the shows these days. The Lion Sleeps Tonight parody song had a chance to bring me back into this episode. But the song <laughs> was poorly written. It did not create comedy out of being poorly written by suggesting it was the character's fault. Oh, well, one out of five. There's only two things in this episode that were bare mentioning. It is... Whittling of batteries and lion sleeps tonight. It's parody. That's all we get. That's all the, his this this writer's this this person's criticisms. One out of five. There's another forum thread that's just like the problem with the battery scene. The longest thread on this forum finally locked by the moderators. Uh, you can if you register, you can still go back and vote in in this poll. You can you can sway it one way or the other. There are still people who go back in the rewatching through all the episodes. They go back and they comment on these review threads and they, they uh, tell people what they, how they feel about the episode. So unsurprisingly over the years, most people's opinions of these episodes have waned. Uh, shocking. Shocking. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just far too busy for that. <laughs> I know. I too know. much going on. I know. Final fantasy won't play itself. That's right. We can move on. That's enough reviews. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the Lister Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our Lister Question of the Week this week. And you just think, you like the, the clip, Nick. I like that you're just laughing at the clips. That's, that's good. It's very charming. I haven't heard a lot of these things in a very long time. Fair enough. Uh, this week's question is, what is your favorite Kent Brockman quote? Tons of great answers. Appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer right in. Matt, take it away. All right. Uh, number one today from Holly. Hi, everyone. Welcome our new insect overlords. And as we all must I, I will say so many people, so many answers for new insect overlords. Don't don't well, no No shame. It's a great answer. No great quote. But I just want to really rep- at this point, at this point, Robbie. <laughs> would it be any worse if insects were overlords? Would 2020 get any worse somehow? I don't think so. Well, Ro- well Robbie, I told you when, when you had, when you had told me to have one ready, I said, okay, I won't go with the obvious one, and that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes, that's it. Is. But it is amazing. It is very good. Yeah. Uh, from Anthony, uh, Marnie Pie describing the Homer's movement. He's jumping out of the car, Kent. He's trying to climb over the fence. Now he's realizing he's too fat. He's digging a hole like a dog. Now he's giving up on that and he's running back and forth. He's climbing into a pipe and he seems to be stuck. His legs are dangling in a comical fashion. Oh, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Can't problem. Arnie, Arnie, how are the children? I can't see through metal, Kent. 
<laughs> I don't think that's a great Rockman quote exactly, but I'm going to accept it because it's hilarious. I, yeah. There's a couple Arnie Pie quotes in here, basically. Functionally, they're Arnie Pie quotes, but we're never going to do an Arnie Pie quote question. So, sure, throw them in here. I don't care. I mean, we might get desperate eventually. They're all bangers. You can't really choose just one, Arnie Pie. Okay. Uh, from Joshua, I said it before and I'll say it again. Democracy simply doesn't work. Easily the one I quote the most. Uh, from Lauren, yeah, I know I'm on, but I don't care. I don't read the news until I get my Danish. <laughs> Danishes are important, dang it. Uh, from Alex, in other news, Thomas Edison, the greatest inventor of all time, is apparently still inventing despite the notable handicap of being dead. <laughs> uh, from Sarah, I don't say evasion, I say avoision. <laughs> Uh, from Benjamin, joblessness is no longer just for philosophy majors. Useful people are trying to fill the page. Oh, that's no. Don't that felt like the, the writers making fun of themselves. Yeah, that's that's they make a lot of jokes about philosophy majors. Yeah. Uh, from from Mike, uh, during a riot with Arnie Pie in the sky, Arnie, what people want to know is is my house is safe? You mean your mansion, Kent? Don't blame me because I bought at the right time. When's my right time, Kent? When's my right time? When is all of our right time? Arnie Arnie Pie is 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 uh, speaking for all of us. Exactly. Uh, from Tim, America has a tradition of turning outlaws into legends after their deaths. Billy the Kid, Bonnie and Clyde, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some actual trenchant insights. <laughs> Kent Brockman. Uh, from uh, at James Warwick. I'm Kent Brockman. On the 11 o'clock news tonight, a certain kind of soft drink has been found to be lethal. We won't tell you which one until after sports and the weather with funny sunny storm. Uh, from at Zach Babbins, then on Island Springfield, just miles from your doorstep, hundreds of men are given weapons and trained to kill. The government calls it the Army, but a more alarmist name would be the Killbot Factory. <laughs> from at CHTHH, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, democracy simply doesn't work, rather more applicable today. A democracy works great. Representative democracy, not so much. Uh, from at, yes I would, Kent. Perfect name. Everything about action news jumps into the frame. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, plus, oh my god, damn you, Snow! <laughs> uh, from at S-C-W-Y-D-D. Uh, there's an eclipse when I say there's an eclipse. That is that is so true. Uh, from at 5 Forward System. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been to Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and I can say without hyperbole that this is a million times worse than all of them put together. Good old Camp Krusty. Uh, at Evil Starlight, hordes of panicky people seem to be evacuating the town for some unknown reason. Professor, without knowing precisely what the danger is, would you say it's time for our viewers to crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? Yes, I would, Kent. And from at John Fane 2, and to prove we are alive, penis! Just... <laughs> Robbie, what's your favorite? Oh, I'm going with the Danish answer. Um, ah. I it hasn't for a long time. I was, I was kind of. I felt like I. I always thought that Ken Brockman was kind of a jerk for not doing his job before he got his Danish. But now I'm 100 percent on no Ken Brockman. Don't do your job until you get your Danish. That's 100 percent fair. Like you, you, you should get your Danish first. I mean, imagine you're doing that job for, like, what, 30 years, 40 years, however long he's been doing it, and his routine gets broken up. I can completely understand that. I need, I, I am a man of routine, and I can't. Yeah, I need my routine before I get, you want me to do work? Let me get my routine. I need my Danish. Um, Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is, uh, well, if 70 degree days in the middle of winter are the price of uh, global warming, then you'll uh, excuse me if I keep my old Pontiac. Like, ooh, yeah, that's Ooh, just boy. That's old person there. Oh boy, Kent Brockman. <laughs> Nick, 
What you got? What's your answer? We almost got through Matt's entire list without someone saying mine, but my favorite, and only for like very dark, bleak reasons, is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been to Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and I can say without hyperbole that this is a million times worse than all of them put together, because that was the Camp Krusty episode, that was like 1994, 95 or something, and it's even, it's an even darker and bleaker <laughs> answer uh, a, a decade, two decades later. <laughs> Man, it really is. Yeah, it's, it, that was before all the other terrible things. Yes. That was before <laughs> Iraq 2 electric boogaloo, sorry, yeah. oil boogaloo, and uh, Afghanistan again. Yeah. We haven't, yeah. Been back to, we haven't been back to Vietnam yet. Yet. Now, that would be a nice plot twist to end the year, wouldn't it? No, 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 I'm going to erase this. I'm going to erase this podcast from existence just so we don't bring this curse into the real world. What is your favorite Skinner quote? I will post this question on social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email to Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. And I will post this question on a Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I post it publicly. You do not have to support us to answer. See the question. Although, I would obviously appreciate it if you did we can move on to our next segment it's time for the no google jury challenge i am too smart i am too smart smrt i mean smart the no google trivia challenge is where matt and i each challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy one medium one hard and try and stump the other i have a two-point deficit matt's winning of course he is because he always wins it's inevitable it's like reed richards um matt give me an easy question all right your easy question for today what kind of medicine does bart ask for in margin chains oh my god um <gasps> oh wow I yes i know it wait wait shh, 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 shh. i know i know shh, shh. i believe it is isn't it uh like crusty chewable vitamins is that correct Yes, Flintstones chewable morphine i will give it to you because it's an easy question of uh, flintstones is it real they reference flintstones yeah, Flintstones chewable morphine. Yeah, chewable morphine. Is that a thing that you can just get on the at like CVS now? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean they'll sell opiates to anyone for any pain they have, even just you know a brief headache. So why not? Yeah, you get it when you go in for your flu shot. It's like a little extra bonus. <laughs> nice, man. All your questions are from a millhouse divided. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, they're pretty tough because I know you know the episode pretty well. Okay. Uh, your easy question: Kirk fails to draw what when playing Pictionary? Dignity. <laughs> That's correct. You knew that one. I oh. mean, I would say he succeeds, but everyone else seems to say he got it wrong. What's my medium question, Matt? All right, your medium question. What does Mr. Burns bring to dinner in two eyes on every fish and or two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish? You know that one I mean. Uh, he brings... I think you've asked me this question before, Matt. Um, and I, and the fact is, the shameful thing is that I still think I'm going to get it wrong. Um... <laughs> I believe it is, is this the, like, the, it is, oh, it's like a casserole. I know it's a, it's like a casserole dish we brought, and Smithers is carrying it. It is noodle schnoodle. <laughs> is that I'll first, give you one first, point. Okay. It's noodle koodle. Noodle koodle? Yeah. Okay. That's a weird... I knew it was noodle something, like in a casserole. And I'll, I'll give you credit for that. Thank you, Matt. You're very nice to me. Um, okay, so the, your medium question, Matt. What is the name of the Cracker Factory that Kirk is fired from? And, for a bonus point, name their slogan. Oh, man. 
you know, it's funny. If you had asked me what their competitors are, I could name it off the top of my hat. But as to what the one he worked at. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> it's gonna come to, give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I want to say the slogan is like the saltiest cracker or the salty cracker or something like that. Uh, but I have no idea what the name is. Nick, do you have any idea? I don't know if it's the the name or if it's one of the competitors, but wasn't one of them like Allied Cracker? That's one of the Allied Biscuit yeah. was one of the competitors. Gotcha. Um, the name of his his cracker company is Southern Cracker. Oh. And their their slogan is the dry cracker. That's right. <laughs> Southern cracker. Which everyone loves. That's my my favorite crackers, the dry. I want as dry as possible. Please dry out your crackers. My favorite. Well, of course. What's my hard question, Matt? All right, so your hard question for today. In Behind the Laughter, what play is Homer in? Oh god. Um um well, I mean, I know, I know plays, like I know some of them, so I could name a play, and there's a chance it's right. <laughs> that's a solid strategy, <laughs> sir. That's, that's all I got. It is our play. It's just random guess. Um, Death of a Salesman. Oh, sorry, his rent too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Where is the rent? I must have the rent. Dollar signs or nickel. <laughs> I need it all right now. <laughs> How uh, do you remember all that? I don't. You can, I don't. Okay. Um. Your your hard question. This is very hard. You might remember it because you're a lunatic, though. Uh-huh. When the family goes shopping at Stoner's Pot Palace, what are the three items we saw we see Marge buy and the one she puts back? Not including okay. not including the 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 uh, the punch bowl. This is prior okay. to the punch bowl. There is a melon baller. A citrus zester and wow, oh, it's so funny. It's the last one she puts it says "Made in USA." And she's like, "No, thank you. I don't know what it is. Those are the only two I can think of." <laughs> okay, Matt. Well, I will give you. Hmm, should I be generous? Considering I'm still behind you, my my head tells me no. Be mean. So I'll say this: you said uh, melon baller and citrus zester. Mm-hmm. Those are both correct. That's two out of three of the items she does buy and this what you say she does say that about the thing she puts back made in the usa so nick do you know the third thing she buys and the thing she puts back i don't know exactly i have a i'm imagining a mallet is it a mallet of some sort it's an oyster, oyster mallet there yep oyster mallet is oh, what so she close the thing she the, uh, the third item she buys is a ravioli crimper oh, of course of course i will give you a point matt for getting two out of three thank of you product. i appreciate i will that. give you a single point even though i really could use that extra point considering we have like four episodes left um and i, I desperately would I, i'm craving victory you have no idea i need it i need it now i need it in my life well we're getting close yeah i know all right chills i just got chills <laughs> we can move yeah, on tense rival we've got going on yes we we absolutely we absolutely keep up this antagonism about our trivia after the podcast is done recording oh yeah we're yeah, always I here I'm gonna it's, ta- this, it, it's far more vicious it's actually actually you guys are turning it down for I'm, the show i'm gonna i'm gonna take this opportunity just to say this guys like matt and i don't we sometimes one of us will like pretend like we're all fired up and angry at like 
we don't it's we're just, we're just having fun it's okay we're not ang- secretly angry at each other like it sometimes feels like people tweet at me and are like why are you guys yelling and we're like we're it's just a, it's just a show guys we're not actually angry at each other it's okay it's just simpsons well, tell that to the people who are placing bets on each of you yeah I've, they i've nick i've won literally one time over like eight seasons we've done this so more than eight at this point so there's i think at this point they'd have to like be odds would have to heavily be in matt's favor and then i get like 500 to one odds if i win so you get a big payout maybe what you're saying is you should bet on yourself and then make your questions really hard yes that's and exactly i, what I don't think any bookies are actually taking bets we the show can move on to its final segment segment we end every single episode with it is time for best episode ever best episode ever Best episode ever is the part of show, man. I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. It's... I had a higher opinion of this episode prior to talking about it with you fine gentlemen. Well, maybe you should just not talk to us. I, no, that's... I, I mean, now considering I'm now doing podcasts with both of you, that's basically impossible. Um, tricky, very tricky. What, where, where are we, what are we doing with this, Matt? I need your help. Guide, guide me, please. Okay, so I'm looking at, I believe, worst episode ever. Doesn't that involve comic book guy? That's when he has his heart attack and the boys take over the thing. The, sure. the thing. Yes, that is what happened. That's that is when that happens. That's right below Homer's Odyssey. It was our our worst season one episode. Do you think this is worse than that? Worse than worst episode ever. Um, so, you know, Monty can't buy me love. The episode with the Loch Ness monster is right below that. <laughs> hey Nick, do you remember that the episode with the Loch Ness monster shows up at the end? I remember that episode far too well. Loch Ness monster shows up. It's a real character. It has feelings and thoughts. Yeah, sometimes Loch Ness monster is just in the background during other scenes of the show. This is hello, um, just like Bumblebee Man. Just like Bumblebee, not a totally not a racist. Uh, caricature either bubble no. man um worst episode ever also has a radioactive ape in inflator's house oh it's true <laughs> you want me to turn just point <laughs> <laughs> it's really ridiculous when you think about it so no i don't self-contained it's a fine fit <laughs> oh god um <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. I'm so torn on this one because there's some things in, like, I thought some of the jokes early on, especially, were really fun. I really liked them. Yeah. Well, the whole first act is actually a pretty good first act. That's what makes this hard. And then you just, <sighs> there are so many of these where we're just like, why? Well, you had a decent premise and you just couldn't seal the deal. I think, okay, I will say that The Blunder Years is at number 251. I know it's worse. Th- I will say it's absolutely worse than The Blunder Years. Which is a similar type of episode where it has a lot of promise and it kind of it messes it up at the end. There's I annoyed Gruntbot, oh god. And then a star is born again, Simpsons Bible stories, tis the fifteenth season. I th- I that's where I would I think that's where I put it, Matt. Right below the blunder years. Let me let me double check. I just remembered I annoyed Gruntbot exists. Yeah. 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 I'm good with that. Because uh, uh, that's the uh, yeah yeah it's above a star is born again which is fine yeah I think it's 
it, it is definitely at least it's in the right area and i think i would i think it's that's the hard line where i go oh no the blunder years is absolutely better and the rest everything else below it i'm just like uh, i don't know i think it's i think that ultimately this episode has some jokes in it that actually make me laugh and a lot of these episodes homer's odyssey dull tis the 15th season dull simpsons bible stories dull a star is born again dull and i annoy gruntbot has homer fighting ed 209 in a robot costume like what am i what am i doing doing with that okay you're all right with that you okay i'm fine with that okay i know you don't care that much um my big fat geek wedding there's no wedding either yeah like, for for, I was say, for an episode named that there's very little anything worthwhile <laughs> there's no geekiness there's just they uh, they did make a star trek joke at the end matt and there's klingons there's klingons so I just lost where we had it. Okay, 252. It's number 252 on our list. I know I know you probably don't have a Here, Nick, what this is your opportunity. What's your what's your favorite episode of the Simpsons off the top of your head? Off the top of my head. Um god, I I'm only going to be able to give a cliche answer, but uh I I'm going to say uh it's either got to be the monorail episode or the 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 power plant strike episode. I'm going to say that one, actually. Looking back on it now, especially nowadays, yeah, that that one holds up. Very prescient themes. What's the name of the episode again, Matt? I can't think of the strike episode. I am terrible at the names of the episodes. Uh, the last exit of Springfield. Yes. Last, last exit of Springfield. Yes. De- dental yep. plan. Lisa yep. needs braces. Lisa needs braces. That's a. I mean, there's there's a reason so many people pick those episodes as their favorites because they're very very good. So it's not there's not a wrong answer. They have heart and personality, mm-hmm. and you feel for the characters as they go through their plight and their struggle, and you want them to succeed and do well. You don't just assume that everything is going to work out and all of this will be forgotten, even though it is. <laughs> but while you're in the episode, it feels like everything has weight to it. What? Are, what? Are you, you feel you make you care about the characters? In this television show? Oh, no, absolutely not. I uh, mean, not now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, then you did. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's important. I don't... I know we talk about it a lot, but yeah, that's important. It's an important thing. Um, So, it's a new number 252 on our list, which is right below Blunder Years, right above I Annoyed Gruntbot. Last on our list is Codependence Day. First place, Homer's enemy. Still, we're not done yet, though. We still have to ask, and we have to answer a very important question: Is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! <sighs> What's wrong, Robbie? I don't want to include it. Tired. I don't want to include it, but I feel like we have to. Yeah, because it doesn't really hurt anything. It just, it just. Yeah, it's it would be a better episode if it was kind of kind of just fun, like a fun thing that happens. But instead, it's not at the end, but it does have Edna and Skinner breaking up, which they were together for multiple years at this point. And it's a part of the canon. It's a like it's one of the very few big like there's only like a handful of things that the Simpsons make changes to characters and then continue it continue that change through the years and it affects multiple characters. 
this is one of those things because Edna ends up with Flanders down the road. And yep. Skinner and Edna have multiple scenes up until this point between where they are talking about getting married, when they're dating, they're a couple, Simpsons, a, a Springfield couple. I don't want to include it in the canon, but I feel like we have to. Yeah, you're probably right. This stuff will come up again. So, yes, it's part of the canon. I don't shoot the canon. I have a canon sound, Nick. I know you don't. I don't. I use it when we shoot stuff. I am always up for a good canon sound effect and uh, and a good Baba Booey as well. So if you have that, cue it up. And uh, we don't X-nay on the uh, X X-nay on the Ernst Day. Um, ah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> we have a the fun part of this segment though is we go to the top of the list as we work our way through everything, and we are up to I. I I barely like I feel like I like even asking is a kind of insult because it's I married Marge where uh, obviously yes it's it's vital it's one of the the establishing history flashback Simpsons episodes it's one of the ones I would actually recommend to new new people who've never watched the Simpsons before I would start them off with those flashback episodes probably and I married Marge is great it's it's it's, it's God Especially talking about that this week when we see just how ugly Marge and Homer's relationship is. And then you watch I Married Marge, which is so sweet and charming and full of love. Remember love. Love is nice. It's absolutely part of the canon. Gets included. Um, you can find this list on our website. It's com. It's embedded on the site, so I don't even have to do any work. It's already done the work for me, which, ooh, I love it. Um you can find links to everything on the website, which includes it's a links to our Twitter, links to our RSS feed, if you want to listen to us that way, and a link to our Patreon if you want to help out the show, uh, help pay for our hosting. We really appreciate it. Help keep the lights on. Um, that'll do it, finally, for us today. Um, you can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Doran. My website is RobbieDoran.com, where you can find links to all my other podcasts, including my newest, Cartoon Graveyard. Check Yay. that out. You should check that out. Uh, you can also find links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, is about is a horror suspense story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Uh, Nick, what would you like to plug? Well, I would like to reiterate what you just mentioned in there. Uh, our new podcast, Cartoon Graveyard, will be launching right as this episode of the Simpsons show launches. So uh, do check that out. You can find us over on Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and all these other places, wherever you uh, listen to your fine, fine podcasts, subscribe to us, follow us, uh, follow us on Twitter at cartoon grave and uh, give us feedback about the show. We would love to read it. If it's positive, it's, if it's not positive, we'll just ignore it. Oh no, we'll read that too. Why not? And maybe, if, you know, follow, tweet, tweet at us suggestions for shows you'd That's like right. us to, to talk about. Yes, if there is a bizarre uh, show from the 80s, 90s, or whenever, really, let us know. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, we'll at least give it a chance. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is accurate. However, if you need, uh, do contact me. I will be, you know, communing with my uh, Aspen friends. So just uh, find your local Pando. And just whisper into the roots, and it will uh, get through the root system to me. What, Matt? You lost. I like. Are you unfamiliar with, with what, Pando? I what part of that didn't you understand, Robbie? I, I, don't, all, I don't get it. All of it. I normally I can follow mm. Matt's weird science stuff, but this is I I'm lost. Pando? Well, As, Aspen. Yes, Pando. You should you should look up 
quaking aspen colony uh named pando apparently it is all the exact same clone uh, of one type of aspen and they're all, all able to communicate with one with one another uh through the root system it's only about six million kilograms uh of biomass that all connected together so uh, all right I, I didn't know pandas communicated through roots but i think they're adorable <laughs> <laughs> and they're clones. That's why they hate having sex because they prefer to cloning themselves. Obviously. Incredible. I did not know that. Uh, with that, folks, we will call today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.